The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Since we've started the show, I get asked all sorts of questions about who to bet on and who to bet with. I don't always know who's going to win, but I do know where to go. The answer is my bookie. Between their live in-game betting, endless props, and fantasy sports wagers, there's something for everyone with the best player perks in the sports book business. They've been good to us, and we know they'll be good to you. They're hooking our listeners up all month. Visit mybookie.ag and use promo code RANTO, R-A-N-T-O, when creating your account to claim your 50% bonus. Laying down $100, you've now got an extra $50 in play. That's mybookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G, promo code ranto you play you win you get paid and if you never want to hear a ad on this show again well won't you please subscribe to us at patreon.com slash sunranto for only a dollar a month you get your own rss feed for early and completely ad free listening so go to patreon.com slash sunranto and subscribe today and now let's do a show Covey blue blood flowing through our veins Sitting in the bleachers in the rain We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game Let's go Cubby Sunrento Michael Cotton Sunrento Michael Cotton Sunrento and the lovable Lucy Lucho Scully Sunrento Michael Sunrento from a hot car in Maine. Um, I hope you don't have a dog in there with you because uh, it's one thing to kill yourself, Lyle, in a hot car, but uh, never, never do it with the dog. Nope, no no dog, just a couple of small children that I found. Oh, that's fine. Uh, population control. Uh, we got a full house today out in Colorado, IA. There's Michael Cotton. Hey, I'm here. Oh, geez, the whole geez. gang's back together. A little, little bit too excited there, Michael. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> hey, now. And a uh, very special guest is a Pirates fan and friend of the podcast. We have Brian, the man Ziegler, on the show. Well, it's nice to be back with you guys late enough in the season that any optimism I had as a Pirates fan has been shattered. So uh, <laughs> good, good to see you guys again. Uh, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, Hey uh, Lyle, you might you might want to you might want to let those kids uh, stop playing with the controls that they're yeah, at the front. No, I took their seatbelts off, and I'm driving dangerously. I wanted to see what they're made of. Oh yeah, well, right at the same time as you did that, that my uh, cat pushed a thumb piano off the shelf. So, oh, so nothing but disaster enough. starting the show. Um, yeah, so we're gonna start today on the Sunranto show with Brian. And a preview of what's to come, because who wants to sit there and talk about losing two or three to the Reds first? Let's start with some optimism of how the Cubs maybe have a chance of beating uh, this team that is in fourth place. They are, um, see, did you lose yesterday? Yeah. All right, so you're now 49 and 43. No, wait. Sorry. 
I got that backwards, right? That's backwards. 43 no, I, I and 49. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the Cubs haven't played them since April, and it's kind of strange that if, we've made if it. They, if they were 49 and 43, they'd have a four-game lead in the division. I know, I know. Well, the Cubs, yeah, they they, they only have 45. Actually, uh, Pittsburgh is 39. I put 49. It's 39 and 43 right now. And somehow just five back in this division, so. yeah. And uh, that puts them in fourth place. They're still ahead of Cincinnati, who's only five and a half back. The Cubs played them at Wrigley only three games, beat them 10-zip in one game, and uh, then beat them in another game, but uh, lost in the third game. So uh, they've, they're 2-1 and one against them, and uh, they outscored them 14-5 to five overall. So, But you, you guys have been kind of hot lately. I mean, you swept San Diego, you take two or three from Houston, then you lose two or three from Milwaukee, but... You played him tough. Well, and, you know, the strength hasn't been what anyone expected it to be. You know, the beginning of the season, it looked like a decent rotation, although it was thin if anyone got hurt, uh, which, which has been <laughs> quite the issue this year. But, you know, it's been the bats. I mean, Josh Bell has just been a monster all year, and they've got a couple of rookies who are hitting real well. I mean, Brian Reynolds came out of nowhere. He's hitting three fifty five uh, in over 200 at-bats. So, wow. It's, yeah. it's, it's been a surprising year. Yeah, he's got a 967 OPS, six home runs in 200 at-bats. Uh, Osuna, but he hasn't been playing. Is he hurt? No, he's, uh, he's kind of taken that, uh, that uh, kind of utility role. He doesn't quite have the, uh, the glove to do the middle infield, but that's, that's pretty much what he's been doing is utility stuff. Yeah, and then uh, Stallings, who's been filling in for the injured. Because you guys got a bunch of injuries. Cervelli went down with a concussion thing. So are we going to see him in the series, or is he going to be back? Uh, you know, word is uh, amongst the, uh, the conspiracy-minded that he might be injured in quotes for the rest of the year. Um, you know, Diaz has stepped up to be enough of an acceptable journeyman to get by. And, you know, to your point, Stallings is doing well as a backup. Um, yeah, and Marte's been average this year. Uh, you know, he hits for average, got 12 home runs. Moran has 10. Uh, Josh Bell, 22 home runs. So those are your big bashers. So you're saying you're surprised that the Pittsburgh Pirates are scoring runs? Yeah, I mean, when, when you look at the quality of some of these kids who are coming up, it's, it's not as surprising. But it's, you know, you always talk about the, the, the kids and the minors coming up and hoping they'll do well. You know, everything will be well if they all work out and they never all work out but this year they seem to be yeah cubs fans don't know what that's about anymore yeah how how you are surprised that the pittsburgh pirates are scoring runs is the same way we were surprised that the cubs aren't scoring runs <laughs> so uh but your run differential of uh negative 56 says uh pythagoras the great baseball historian says that you uh are actually playing four games better than you should be uh it's yeah. a, it should be worse for you well, yeah, what's been happening is when they win, they win close for the most part. And they've lost, I think, five games by double-digit runs so far this year uh, because the bullpen dumpster fire is putting too nice a spin on it. Uh, and when, when some of the starters were injured, they tried to pitch you know, full bullpen games with guys who didn't belong in the majors in the first place. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's been horrid. So, um, now you, you do have a lot of injuries. Chad Cool is done, right? Yeah, he, he had uh, um, uh, Tommy John. Tommy John. So he's, he, he's out for the year. Yeah, uh, rookie Davis is uh, got a blister. 
So yeah, the, quote unquote. Yeah. So he's gone. Uh, Francisco Cervelli. We don't know. <laughs> I guess fake DL. Um, Chris Archer just left a game, although he's expected to be back this week. Right, right. He's not supposed to miss a start. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Lonnie Chisenhall. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's funny. I thought he was an interesting signing, but with the way Melky Cabrera has come up we and Brian Reynolds, we literally don't need him. The only thing interesting about him is that his name is Lonald. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, the Cubs could use a fourth outfielder, and I know we we got very familiar with Lonald during the 2016 playoffs when he was with the Indians. So I know a lot of Cub fans would be really happy about bringing him as our our third or fourth outfielder considering Carlos Gonzalez did not work out, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Except for he can't play defense. Yeah, but maybe maybe Kyle Schwarber can teach him. (laughs) (laughs) He worked so hard. Um so yeah, so it hasn't been uh, a real. A, it hasn't been a disaster for the Pittsburgh Pirates like you thought it might have been, but you still end up, you know, at, towards the bottom of the league and under five hundred. But uh, you were kind of texting with me this morning, Brian, about how the 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 ownership doesn't care. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's the frustrating point is that, and I think we even talked about this during the preview, the first of the year, that the Pirates have a decent starting rotation if everyone shows up but beyond the five they threw out opening week there's just literally nobody um you know right now you've got steven brault pitching every five games and he's a nice number six number seven starter but if he's in your rotation every five days you got to do something and at one point they had two starters two real starters for about a week and a half and 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 they kept on kind of playing 500 ball I, and that's the bizarre thing. And but but what makes it frustrating is had they gone out, you know, their one position of strength is probably the outfield, and that you know you could get something for Melky. Or people are even talking about, you know, maybe now's the time for a Starling to move on. But you could have done something at that point to salvage a few more games and actually be somewhere in the heart of this if they'd gone out and gotten some pitching. Well, they could still win the the Central. I mean, you got teams to jump over that are. Oh, but nobody's running away with it. That's for sure. And if you look at the last ten, the Pirates being seven and three, yeah. though losing their last two games, are the best team in the Central over the last ten games. So it doesn't say much for you guys, no, it, <laughs> or anyone else. It's been bad, and and we'll get to that later in the show. I just want to give everybody the Pittsburgh, and you might get some optimism because your starters are back when we get into these game matchups. There are four games in Pittsburgh, but offensively, if you compare the two teams. Uh, Pittsburgh has an 18th uh, OPS in the majors versus the Cubs' eighth. It's 35 points higher. The Pirates do not hit the ball out of the park. Fifth least homers. Uh, Cubs have the ninth most. Cubs have the fourth most walks. Pirates have the eighth least walks. Pirates have the third least amount of strikeouts, though. So you're not you don't strike out a lot. Uh, you just get out some other way. <laughs> But um, the Cubs have the 11th most strikeouts, so that number's ticking up. Both teams are bottom of the third in stolen bases, so nobody's running much. Cubs have scored 45 more runs overall, and um, I don't know. You could make a move if they decided to do something and shore up the rotation and trade one of those outfielders or maybe some uh, minor league, you know, presence that you might have. You know, you might 
I would say why not go for it in this off year? Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot in the upper minors right now, to be honest, you know, in terms of prospects, unless someone's uh, a lot hotter on uh, someone down there than I am. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, definitely the outfield. I mean, I think with Reynolds really, truly looking like the real deal, I mean, I don't know if he could get anything for Polanco. I, that'd be what I'd prefer. But, I mean, you got to start listening to Starling. Yeah, well, Brian, exa- well, it depends if you're selling or buying. Like, if you think that you – I know nobody is picking the Pirates to just, like, jump no. over everybody and do it. You know, I don't even think they'd be picked for third place by anybody still to this moment. Yeah, I, I mean, isn't the worst-case scenario, Danny, for all the teams in the division that everybody feels like they're a buyer because it's so damn close? Well, yeah, I mean, and the Cubs have to be buyers because of what they promised everybody. Milwaukee right. was there last year, so they're trying to get back. I, you know, St. Louis, you know, I feel like they just are a 500 team at heart and will end up there. But, you know, Cincinnati or, you know, Pittsburgh's kind I, of got an aging core too, but Cincinnati's got kind of the young, interesting team. If I'm scared of anybody just, like, playing out of their faces. It's, it's the Reds. Absolutely. I mean, I think I told you that on the last show. That's my pick for the team that's going to surprise everybody this year and make a run to the playoffs. Well, even if the Reds don't play out of their faces, they seem to have the Cubs number no matter what. Yeah, well, they seem like maybe the second best team in the division right now. And if the Cubs get so unlucky to play them in a first round or second round, they could get beat by them. And that's what's scary. So uh, let's compare the pitching on these two teams. The Cubs starter are, uh, starters are a run better earned run average-wise. Um, they're seventh in the majors uh, versus the 21st Pirates. Uh, the, pit, uh, the Pittsburgh bullpen has an ERA of five, the fifth worst in the majors. Uh, the Cubs have the seventh best at 389. So here's can I stop for a moment and be like, I just read off offensive – stats where the Cubs are in the top of the league and the and the Pirates are in the bottom of the league. I just read off very important pitching stats <laughs> that is the same way, yet Pittsburgh is five games out. Like, there is a total disconnect of what's going on with the Cubs this season. I just want to point that out. Um, the Pirates and the Cubs, they, they're both in the top third in taking their walks, uh, or giving walks, sorry. Uh, they give up an average amount of homers, the Pirates do. Uh, the Cubs are climbing in that category, also now average. They used to be top of the league. Both teams are averaging strikeouts, and, um, well, I mean, it's all about the injuries, right? Rookie Davis, a couple of guys I've never heard of, Dario Agrazal and Montana Durapaw. Are those yeah, real well, people? Yeah, you know, that, that's the amazing thing is these are people who have started games for the Pirates this year because of the injuries. And, I mean – that's, you know, they, they, they tried a couple of real prospects and, you know, they weren't quite ready yet. But, I mean, they're, they were just throwing bodies at, at the other teams for a little while. and uh, They got great know, names at the very least. I, well, they, yeah, that, that's, that's what amused me. Montana Durapal. <laughs> is that how you say his name? Do you know? I think it's uh, Durapo or something like Montana that. Montana Durapo. He, he, wasn't like, he wasn't around long enough for me to, uh, to learn for it. Me to, <laughs> to really care, yeah. I also like Dario Agrasal. Or Agrasal. Yeah, he, he's one of those great guys who uh, is not quite good enough for AAA, yet they uh, they called him up to start two games. So, Yeah. So you're saying it, it could have been better, but <laughs> you got hurt. Imagine if they hadn't got hurt, you guys might be in first place. Right, but that's the thing is you someone's going to get hurt. 
you know, you're, you're not going to go through your entire season with five starters pitching 32 games each, right? I mean, you have to have a decent backup plan. And, you know, Brault is okay to start a handful of games when someone's out for a week, but he's not an option full-time either. And then beyond him, it's like literally nothing. He sounds like our Mike Montgomery in a way. Just like, well, he's okay, but, you know, we, we had better and now he's up there. Yeah. Uh, and um, right, right. so defensively, the Cubs have four more errors, but both teams are in the top third uh, most in the league. Uh, the Pirates and the Cubs have allowed a similar amount of stolen bases, uh, which it's toward the top of the league. I, you know, you say a lot for Wilson's arm, you know, and everybody thinks that we've got this great catcher back there cutting down runners, but it really hasn't been the case this year. Have you guys noticed that? Yeah, I- I don't know if he's lost his move. I, maybe he's just focused more on trying to be a better catcher. Well, we also the, the pitchers. I think it. You know. Yeah. 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 The pitchers are slow to the plate a little bit, but also we don't have like Javi was at second making all these plays, and now it's a little different with him coming from short or them throwing to whatever warm body we have out there at second base. <laughs> like it's. I think there's a little bit of that. That dude, warm body is an overstatement for <laughs> right. our second oh. base situation Luke, right now. Luke, Luke warm body. Depends. Well, and if, and if Wilson is not throwing to Javi, he may just not have quite the same confidence to just chuck it out there like he did before. Could be. I, I think I would mostly put blame on the pitchers, but I just thought it was funny that, like, you know, the, they're running on Wilson because but when I look at this stat, I, I know that Cervelli, who has been out there most of the time, he's a he's a pretty good catcher, you know, and yeah, he does yeah. throw out a lot of runners. And, you know, they so this year they've let out, up the same amount of stolen bases, but the Pirates have, thro- are thro- have been thrown out more. So they've just simply been more attempts. But, you know, I didn't. I miss the days where like guys would barely lead off first base when Wilson was back there. <laughs> you know, now they're stealing bases. Um, the percentage is not good. Um, they do seem to be jumping on the pitchers though, really early. Oh, yeah. Like when you see the guys take off, man, they seem to be taking off. Like they're barely into their windup, and the guys are halfway you know, down. And the, road. And the Cubs kind of got beat with speed against the Reds. It's stolen bases anyway. I don't know if you'd call it speed, but uh, Puig. Yasiel Puig, though being the stupidest man in baseball, could possibly, uh, I mean, he could definitely steal a base. Did you? Um, yeah. I, I've got something. He's not stupid. I mean, it's not a secret he's stupid. <laughs> I, I, did, I did have to grab Pedro Strope, uh, call it Yasiel Puig being stupid. The, the one I slowed down, I should probably put it to look. That's, that's not a nice thing to say. In, in my house growing up, you could never say shut up. You could never call anyone an idiot, and you could never call one someone stupid. Other than that, it was a free for all. I mean, it's not a secret; he's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. It's a great soundbite. It great. really is. Uh, I love Pedro Strope. Um, oh, and we are to everybody's favorite stat on the Sun Ranta show. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Stop! Our Dur remains constant at 700, but at least it's yes. there. Ninth in the majors, although the Pirates Dur, third worst. Oh. Terrible Dur. What's with the defense on your team? Why, why, do they, why are there, they so I bad? Mean, have, you said, have you said anything that's good on the Pirates? <laughs> well, let's be honest. You know, They're in fourth and not fifth. <laughs> exactly. But, 
But I and I mean, just the eye test tells me they are clearly the worst team in the division. Sorry. Yes. No, you're you're correct. <laughs> yeah. But so, they've been managing to you know scrape together just enough to to win some they, games. They've um, been wildly lucky, and I think the huh? Reds have been unlucky. Yeah. Do you think the the Pirates kick it around a lot though? Um, you know, you've got a statue playing third base in Moran. You know, Frazier and Newman are just kind of pedestrian up the middle. I mean, you don't Bell is Bell has gotten better, but you don't really have that other than maybe Marte. You don't really have uh and Dickerson. The outfield um, was always good with the defense, yeah. but I believe the last time you were on this show, you said that there's nothing resembling a second or a shortstop on our team. I, but I'll tell you, and, you know, what's funny is Gonzalez has been hurt, in quotes, uh, most of the year. But they called up Kevin Newman to take his slot. And, you know, the thing is, Newman was up for the first time last year and hit like a little over 200. Uh, but he's uh, he's doing really well this year. Um, so, I, you know, Gonzalez can stay injured. That's okay. Um, How is uh, your drunken uh, rapist guy going? The, the, how's the gung experiment? He's, he's still quarterback. Oh, wait, we're not talking the Steelers. Um, (laughs) You know, Gung, he's, you know, he's done. Um, He he's barely playing a utility role at this point. Um, And I hear the buzz again. Yeah, here comes the buzz. How the mighty have fallen. Oh, there Um, there goes the buzz. It's every time you talk, Lyle. I believe the buzz is your silence. Oh. <laughs> you should you should uh, my, stop wearing that beard of bees. It it might be my stomach. I'm very hungry. <laughs> um, yeah, Gung. I mean, I think everybody wants this fucker out of the league, you know. But it, he's got a 568 OPS, so he's helping himself out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I think this year is going to be it. There's there's no role for him. I mean, he's he's a decent defensive replacement still at this point, and he'll knock one out i mean he has six home runs in very limited action but I, he just he doesn't have a doesn't have a role yeah so uh we got a scavenger hunt for uh and we gotta have a scavenger hunt winner no. so uh yeah, dr- drum roll please the winner of the pink out the bleachers t-shirt is jose orlando mercado in puerto jose, rico congratulations jose 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 Congratulations to Jose, uh, random name picker, uh, preferred you <laughs> somehow. <laughs> so, um, but here's the scavenger hunt. You got to be in Pittsburgh for this one. I know a lot of Cub fans being a, a holiday weekend are going to be making the trek. So what you got to do is go over to the Andy Warhol Museum, which is very close by to the stadium. And in there is Andy Warhol's stuffed Great Dane. Which, I didn't know this, he didn't stuff his dog that he loved so much. He bought a pre-stuffed actual Great Dane dog off of somebody else. It would be creepy enough if he stuffed his own. Yeah, this is creepier. He has no emotions about, well, he's dead, but he had no emotion about this except for he thought it was great art. So, I would say, go over to the Andy Warhol Museum, get yourself uh, pictured with, uh, with that Great Dane. And the prize for July... Is a Cubs oven mitt. Nice. Yeah. Which I got or, from Wrigley Field. Or if you could just prove that somebody is is from Denmark and is also a Great Dane, that might work. Yeah, and, and especially if you can ride him around, like you could actually ride a Great Dane. <laughs> yeah. A Great Danish man. 
Um, so the weather in uh, Pittsburgh. Or put him on a leash. Put him on a leash. <laughs> there Ooh. you go. Oh, now we're getting sexy. Yeah, they do that all the time in uh, Daneland. Daneland? <laughs> yeah, isn't that what it's called? <laughs> the Danes. I Dane believe it's Dane Mark. Oh, I, I thought it was uh, Dane Cook. Oh, there uh, we go. So the weather's going to be in the high 80s. It's going to be hot. Uh, mostly night games. Day game on 4th of July on Friday. Uh, there's a chance of rain Tuesday through Thursday, about 50%. But isn't that just Pittsburgh? That's that's Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. It, it's overcast and rainy pretty much every year. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's like Seattle, only without the ocean view. Got got a couple nice rivers out there, though. <laughs> so Yeah, that's, that's where the rest of the humidity comes from. Tonight, uh, Adbert Alzali, our rookie superstar sensation, one and zero with his two oh eight earned run average up against country singer Trevor Williams, two and two with the four twenty five. Every fifth fan who checks in tonight will receive a coupon for a free RB sandwich. Oh no! How is it? How is uh, it got to hurt? Fifth, that had to hurt, Danny. We're we're talking Arby's. Yeah, that's not that's not cool. Yeah, yeah that wasn't nice. That was that was for you. They knew you were coming. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not coming just because I, I can't take the chance that I'll be one of those poor four suckers that doesn't get the sandwich. <laughs> so Adbert, in his first ever start, gave up one home one run. It was a home run. He struck out four and he walked four. We kind of don't know what we're getting. You know, he was great in relief and he didn't really pitch that much in his first start. Kind of lost it at the end. Hopefully he can... Uh, I don't know, build on his success, because it has been successful, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. So the Cubs saw Trevor Williams three times last year, and they beat him twice. But he only gave up five runs in 18 total innings against the Cubs. That's like an ERA of 2.5 for those playing at home. Last time, he gave up four runs on eight hits through 6.2. But it was against Houston, who's got a lot of big bats. Uh, But he did give up seven to Detroit the time before he went out there. Uh, Schwarber has two home runs off him. Hayward and Baez have sucked against him. Uh, tell me about Trevor Williams besides uh, having a country singer name. <laughs> well, he did just come off the uh, – he did just leave Illinois uh, a couple of weeks ago. He, he had a, a side strain. Um, <laughs> you say I, with contempt. <laughs> you know, we, 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 we talk a lot about the horrible trades the Pirates have made, but the, they actually got Trevor Williams for Jim Benedict. <laughs> So that, that, that wasn't a bad trade. They had a, a pitching coach who went to the Marlins a few years back, and they actually got Trevor Williams in compensation for that. He was he was just a, you a got your, hand at the time. So you got tonight's starter for a pitching coach. Yep. Not, yeah. not a bad deal. Oh, man, that really pisses me off. Like, why couldn't we have traded Bazio for something <laughs> instead of just letting him go? Right. Or firing him for... Davis, what was Tilly Davis worth? Yeah, yeah, they could have traded him to the Mets for Bobby Bonilla. Does, <laughs> does anybody else think it's odd when they make trades for, like, non-players? It barely happens. It, yeah. it barely happens. But, I mean, I think when... Uh, didn't when Theo came over, I think the Cubs had to give the Red Sox some sort of compensatory pick or yeah, something Yeah, we like did that. get some compensation, and I remember when the Patriots got Bill Belichick from the Jets. I know this is non-baseball, but it was like a first-round or a second-round draft pick. It was crazy. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird when a because coaches, you don't think of coaches as like, I don't know, be, being susceptible to trades. 
But uh, I don't know. What can we get for Madden right now? Uh, God, nothing, probably. <laughs> I, would love for them to, I would love for them to do it. Yeah, can, can we trade Madden for Clint Hurdle just to see, like, just all of a sudden, like, that one of those old school baseball gum chompers comes in and, like, whips Rizzo into shape. He starts slapping guys with towels in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually, the no Cubs could probably Disney music KB. This is a man's locker room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Cubs could probably trade Hadavi to the Pirates and he could maybe start for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's probably younger than half the rotation. Yeah. Um, he's younger than half our rotation. For sure. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a joke I could tell about ourselves. Bartolo so, Colon's still out there, people. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. So I'm here on mybookie.ag looking up tonight's line here for uh, this game that we just talked about. And we got uh, Adbert Alzolai and the country singer Trevor Williams. Uh, the over-under on this game is 9.5. Cubs are kind of favored with a negative 125 money line. Uh, I got to go with the kid here. You know, I know you won't win a lot of money, but I think this, this game is going to hit the under. I think we're, you can bet that, too. That's only plus 100 to go under nine and a half. So, um, you know, I would say just bet on Adbert Alzale. You win a little bit money, a uh, little bit of money, and uh, you'll live to play another day. So if you never want to hear an ad from mybookie.ag again, all you have to do is subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash sunranto. A dollar a month gets you your own RSS feed, plus you get the show early. And ad-free. It's a great deal, and you should do it. So let's get back to the show. Um, so game two, uh, Kyle Hendricks is back, and we'll talk about that in a bit, about him coming up, up out of Illinois. He's 7-5 and five with a 336, going up against Joe Musgrove, who's 6-7 and seven with a 427. Uh, check in at this game. A lot of decisions for those two, huh? Yeah, no, yeah, and I was wondering, they're both uh, kind of junk ball guys. I, I wouldn't call Hendricks a junk ball guy, but Musgrove is, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, if 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 he doesn't have his control, he's he's horrid. And in fact, same with Kyle. Was, he had a lot to, a lot more success over his career uh, in the bullpen. But I'm saying uh, but he doesn't throw hard, though, does he? No, no, neither he nor Williams throw hard. They're both really control guys. Um, and Williams control is better than Musgrove's at this point. Um, you know, with Musgrove, you know, real early in the game, you'll know in the first or second inning, whether he's going to go seven innings, one run or one inning, seven runs. <laughs> gotcha. You'll know pretty quickly with him. Well, Kyle, we haven't seen since, uh, June 14th in Los Angeles when he gave up five runs through 4.1, which is, was incredibly uncharacteristic for him. So it makes sense why, you know, he would come out of that game injured. Um, he does not pitch well. Well, he pitches well against Pittsburgh. He gave up five runs in 16 innings. That's not terrible, but he lost to Pittsburgh three times last year. <laughs> uh, Polanco totally rakes against him and has seen him the most with two home runs. But Bell, the all-star, and Marte totally blow against him. Can't hit the slow stuff. Uh, Musgrove's been good. He gave up no runs against Houston, but he did walk. Or he did give up nine hits. None of them managed to score though against him, and he had five strikeouts uh, through six innings. Uh, last time the Cubs got two runs off of him. This was in April and beat him two to nothing, uh, six to one, uh, or he six point one innings. Uh, he struck out six, walked two. 
Although the Cubs only have an OPS of 516 against Musgrove in 100, and pl- 100 plate appearances collectively, the only good batter the Cubs have against them is Jay Hay. Now, when's the last time someone said that sentence? That, never. Except for this year, except for the last month, Jay Hay's on fizzire. I know. He really is. Um, you Darvish goes in game three, two and four with a 498, just under five. I don't know how he does it. Chris Archer, three and six with a 550. Total bust for you guys. Take me over. That, yeah. Every fifth fan in this game that checks in gets a Coca-Cola phone fan, whatever the fuck that the is. The hell is that? Exactly. Um, you Darvish, he gave up five runs last time out, although only four were earned. Uh, this is not last time out. Last time out against Pittsburgh. He only lasted 4.2 innings, and he lost. Last time he went out, he also gave up five, but it was to Atlanta. And he lost that game, too. Though he did strike out eight. Only two and walks. only two walks. Yeah. So. If Cervelli's back, which hey, he may be. Danny, Danny, baby steps. God, I'm so sad. I mean, come on. This guy is slow to develop. <laughs> I mean, get him, get him the braces. Get him the toddler helmet. Let's go. Um, last time, uh, Archer went out there. Oh no. I wanted to mention how good Cervelli is against you Darvish. Cause if he's back, he's six for 10. I know it's kind of a small sample size, but I was impressed. Uh, last time Archer went out there, he gave up two and he only lasted four cause he got hurt against Milwaukee. Um, Archer shut us out last year, lasted six and struck out nine, but apparently this is a different Archer we're looking at, huh? Yeah, I mean, Archer, they were trading for the pitcher he was in 2014 and 2015, and they got the pitcher that he is in 2019. Um, yeah. He was good against us last year. Um, Schwarber's gotten to him with a home run. Javi's five for nine, but everybody else blows against him. So, so your pitchers have actually done well against our team over the last couple of years from what I'm looking at. Uh, Q's going out there on 4th of July. He's 5-7 and seven with a 421 up against plural Lyle, Jordan Lyles, 5-4 and four with a 371. One fan on the 4th of July who checks in <laughs> will get an autographed baseball. Great. Yeah. They don't even specify I, who. Wait, I've autographed you know, they, it already, so it's, uh, it's good to go. Yeah, they really know how to pack the stadium there in Pittsburgh. They figure they One c- person. <laughs> they figure the Cubs are coming to town so they don't have to give shit away. They figure that it's embarrassing if they say they're going to give away 5000 or something and they still have like 4000 left over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Pittsburgh doesn't really show up when it's not interesting, but they'll be there no. on the 4th of July probably, right? Unless it's uh, 50 unless it's 50% chance of raining. Uh well, it's a day game so they won't have fireworks and that's how you get the Pirates fans out. So um <laughs> Maybe they'll think there's fireworks uh, because it's for the fourth. Game, so. Yeah, they'll just tell their fans just just look up in the sun, and then you'll see like little bright spots everywhere. It's the same thing. Uh, Q went seven against Pittsburgh in April, gave up no runs, and had eleven strikeouts. So he rocked against you guys. Last time was our first good Q outing in a while. He gave up nothing through six innings. And uh, but he only struck out four, so kind of like to see the swing and miss thing go up. Um, Corey Dickerson kind of kicks his ass five for eleven with a home run, but in eighty nine plate appearances against Q, 
The pirates have a six 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 OPS. Oh no! Dun that's... dun dun! Oh, that's metal. The Cubs last time they faced uh, Jordan Lyles in April got one run on only three hits, and he went six and struck out ten. Yeah, so, hey, he he's been quite the pleasant surprise this year. I mean, we we were expecting kind of a number five guy from him, and I, he's harnessed his breaking stuff basically. And I mean, it 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 really it rolls off the table. We I mean, can, when, we when, cannot, when on, we cannot hit that. Yeah. No, Cubs cannot hit a slow pitch. Uh, last time he went out there, he did give up three through, uh, on five hits through six innings against Milwaukee. Uh, Rizzo and Descalso and Baez have seen him the most. All are batting below the highest batting average amongst them all is 154. Um, but Descalso does have a homer against him, so get ready for the Descalso train. Oh wow! Does wait? Does Descalso have a home run all year? That's my yes. question. Yes, he does. You got one. Believe he has two. Oh, wow. I, cu- I could be overestimating here. He's he's twice as good as I thought he was. Yes, he has two. Yeah. So uh, nah, he still sucks, Michael. Yeah, he's terrible. We'll we'll, we'll get to how badly he sucks in a oh, bit. Oh yeah, he's he's in he's in the show already. He's written in. Yeah. So uh, Hayward, Russell, and Schwarber, th- though they do have homers off uh, Jordan Lyles, so they've taken him deep. But it is not it hasn't been good against him. So I don't know. There's your four. I mean, the Cubs have been playing terribly on the road, which we're definitely going to get into in a little bit. Can I get some uh, predictions here? Uh, split. I, that's 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 what I'm thinking too. Lyles wins, and um, Archer loses. I, it's, it's a bookend. I'll, I'll give him to Trevor Williams. Uh, game one and game four, Pirates two three Cubs. Oh God! So we have to depend on you picking up one of these wins <laughs> against Archer. <laughs> I know, but they, you know what? They're both going to be lights out. It's going to be one nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's always the opposite of what you think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm. I've got lots of hope for Alzali tonight because, uh, well, mainly because I've got to do the outside the Ivy show tonight on NBC Sports and Facebook, and it really is not as much fun to do when they lose, and nobody <laughs> and nobody watches the show when they lose because he was like, "Fuck this," and they turn it off. Right, because they they've turned off the game in like the seventh or eighth because it's not like when the Cubs are losing, it's a tight game a lot of times. They're losing by like four going into the ninth. Yeah, it's not exciting. So I, I do but, hope, but, I, but I, they have a closer now. They can make comebacks. Yep. Now. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, Cubs sweep. Not a chance. I like I like how it sets up Cubs sweep. Yeah, I I kind of like the Cubs have got to get some rabbit in their blood at some point. I feel like, but it's hard to win. I mean, I I gotta go uh, three or four. Just my my that's my gut feeling, and I think new the, new month, new team, buddy. I I think the loss is is gonna be uh, actually Q, and it'll be like that'll be the one nothing daytime loss. Right, he'll pitch he'll he'll pitch well and still still go down. Yeah, get hung the L. Yeah, I and I think the U Darvish start. I think the final is like nine to eight. Cubs win. But, in a rain shortened game. In a rain shortened game. Yeah, they only play five. <laughs> they only play six. It's it's still 9-8. Cubs and Pirates use their entire bullpen, even though they only play six. Right. But 
the game itself takes the game itself takes seven hours yeah. because of the rain. Yeah. So, uh, well, there's your Pirates preview. We're going to move on to uh, some Cubs stuff here. And so, hey, Brian, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on, bud. Hey, uh, I love you guys now. I will hate you this week, and then I'll love you again next week. So be good, man. Sounds good. But <laughs> Sounds great. I'll, I'll, thanks I'll, for coming on. I'll see you right. on my text thread. Sounds good, man. All right. Bye-bye. So uh, happy Bo- Bobby Bonilla Day, everybody. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. He yep. just got paid. Yeah. July 1st. B- barbecue at Bobby's. I wish I got paid a million bucks every July 1st. Well, well you know what? It, as crazy as it seems, and we all talk about Bobby Bonilla still getting paid by the Mets, uh, I found a story today that... Well, yeah, he's but not- it's because he's going he's to be paid. Like, I'll be dead when he's done being paid. Right. Yeah, 2035. <laughs> 2035. Yeah. yeah. But no, what's interesting here is that, like, we call it Bobby Bonilla Day, but actually, there's a lot of these contracts. I don't know why they get paid out on July 1st, but that seems fiscal to be a year. very fiscal year. The fiscal year of the. Yeah. It's either going to be January 1st or July 1st. We're exactly halfway through the year now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not guess. sure. The, in business, the fiscal year usually starts September. October 1st. Yeah. So. Yeah. October. Yeah. So I don't know. But for whatever reason, July 1st is the, is the day that baseball clubs uh, pay these things out. And I read a, a good story from uh, Craig Calcaterra from 2015 that laid out some of these contracts. So we're just going to run through these real quick so we can uh, you know talk about some of this interesting stuff. The Cardinals gave Matt Holliday a $120 million contract that will finally pay out. 10 years from now, he will get his last paycheck. Did you know about this? No, yes. I, no, I didn't. I, I did not either. Uh, and um, today is actually the final paycheck day for Gary Sheffield from the Tigers. Uh, today's also the day his wife leaves him. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I couldn't find the exact number, but he's being paid anywhere between one and 2.5 million every July 1st. So that was interesting. Uh, we just got done playing the Reds and uh, they will not be done paying Ken Griffey Jr. for another six years. He gets paid a little over three and a half million a year from the Reds still. Wow. They must uh, have Ken really... Griffey Jr. is 49 now. Yeah, they must have really backloaded that contract to get him. Because they didn't have the money at the time to to keep him. Yeah. Well, that's they had to they had to uh, clear up all that Votto money. Uh, no, and then uh, Ichiro he officially retired after quote unquote opening day this year in Japan, uh, but the Mariners will continue to pay him until twenty thirty two. And then here's one for Lyle, Manny Ramirez. Manny being Manny, still getting paid. Still getting paid by the Red Sox. He gets almost two million a year until twenty twenty six. Is he still working in the for the Cubs? I think so. Yeah. So he's I haven't seen he, I haven't heard his name or seen he, him around. They like collected a bunch of dudes and have him on little payrolls, you know. I think he yeah. has been around though. I know Kevin Euclid is around. Right. Well, you know, talking about uh collecting dudes and little payrolls, Ryan Zimmerman. He has a deal that once he retires, he will get $10 million over five years 
from the Nationals as just some sort of job with the club. So kind of like the the Manny Ramirez job with, you know, nobody knows where he is, but he's being paid by the Cubs somewhere. But yeah, Zimmerman's going to have that going with the Nationals. An undisclosed job with the Nationals for five years after his retirement. And then also uh, Ryan Braun, he has 18, $18 million from the Brewers that is backloaded to be paid out 2022 to 2031. So in, in equal amounts. So whatever that is, nine. So two million a year from 2022 to 2031. Wow. In- interesting, right? But the best one, the one that's actually even better, I think, than Bobby Bonilla. The Atlanta Braves agreed to pay Bruce Suter $44 million in 1985 to be paid out over 36 years. So Bruce Suter is making $1.12 million until 2021 still and will be wow. given a $9 million payout at the end when his contract is done. Wow, that wow. is great. How, how old will he be? Oh, God, he's... Well, he, oh, he was in his 30s in the 80s, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, so he's 60. He's going to be like 70 years old or some shit. Let me. He was born in 1953. So, yeah, he will. he's 66 right now. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? See, wow. it's 66, so he'll be 68, and he'll make uh, like 10 million bucks. From the Braves. I guess that's what you have to do, you know, sometimes to get the contract to play for the team you want, you know, like you go through all of those and like most of those are, except for the Red Sox and Manny Ramirez, they're all kind of smaller market teams. Yeah. You know, so I think just to get it done, they have to do shit like this. And because you don't see the Cubs on this, this list. Yeah. And the, and the, the Manny contract was, um, yeah, it was a big contract. I think it was $158 million, you know, over seven or eight years, whatever it was. But it was it was big at the time. So I think they, any way they could save a little money in that time, I think, was probably best for them. Yeah. Right. Just well, to- I can guarantee you $44 million in 1985 was giant. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then the, then the $9 million kicker at the end of it is pretty great. Yeah. He, he can't wait for two more years from now. Yeah. You I know mean, it's Inflation gets you. You know, you think, oh, $44 yeah, that, million. Dollars but, That's why I think the nine million dollar kicker kind of cancels that out. Yeah, right. yeah. But the crazy thing, like the Bonilla thing, did you see? Like they only owed him something like five million bucks. I know that's what's crazy about but it. But his agent was like a, a an insurance guy and understood interest and got like eight percent interest added to it. For every year and whatever, and that's how it ended up being that much. Like he turned five million dollars. Well, they could have just paid him off and he'd be done. This is turned that into like forty million dollars. It was a different owner, I think, at the time, of course. But I mean, this is exactly what happened to the Wilpons. You know, they lost all their money in the stock market. They obviously don't know what they're doing in New York. They're doing fancy things and they're just losing because of it. Yeah, but that was, I mean, the Bruce Souter one was the most crazy to me, just the, the number of years and how that That is, out. that is crazy. But the Bonilla is the largest, like, jump from what they could have actually paid him <laughs> to what they're really paying him. That seems not so to me. Well, speaking of somebody that's getting paid to do nothing, <laughs> Cole Hamels <laughs> goes to uh, Illinois 
undergoing an um, MRI as we speak. He's been our best pitcher, most consistent for sure. Um, I'd want to know why he's getting his MRI today when this injury happened on Friday when he left the game. Yeah, unless they know that there's some inflammation or something. I don't know why they're doing that. No, uh, guys, guys, have you ever tried to make a fucking doctor's appointment on the weekend? <laughs> yeah, that's it's just fair, fair enough. Done. It's impossible. <laughs> Well, to replace him and Cargo, who was DFA'd with his 606 OPS in 15 games. Yeah, that was, uh, I don't know, was, was, did that clock with you at all when Cargo got DFA'd? Well, it all happened at once, right? Yeah. Um, replace him was Rowan Wick and Dylan Maples, uh, and Kyle Hendricks is coming back, which we already mentioned. So you lose one, you get one back. I mean, the Cargo thing, I don't know what to say about it, like, I guess... They just basically did what the Indians did. Yeah, they gave him a test run to see what he could do. Uh, I I can't remember. I think it was Doug Glanville was talking about how he's so slow, and a lot of it he thought had to do with that leg kick. Like, he just had to – he was behind everything because of a stupid, like, the leg kick. And if he could have maybe settled that down, he could have gotten in front of something. Could I don't be. know. It was interesting. Yeah, it could be. I mean, either way, they obviously weren't patient enough with him to uh, let him figure it out, so he's gone. They replaced him with a pitcher, which... Well, it, it's not like it's the first team that gave him a shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they didn't even send him to the minors. Well, I mean, they DFA'd him. They, they can't just send him to the minors. They have to DFA him, and then if he wants to yeah. stick with the team, he could go to the minors New contract, like. yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Somebody, I can see somebody taking a flyer on him, though, in the same way the Cubs did. And he'll probably go over there and hit 20 home runs in the second half, <laughs> um, like Tommy LaStella. Yeah. The, the Hamels thing was the most upsetting to me. Like, when I, w- I had just turned on the game, so probably my fault, and uh, he threw, like, one pitch and then looked like he, like, started cussing and just walked off and was pissed, wouldn't talk to anybody. It was, it was weird. Yeah, it, I, I mean, I, and I don't know what, how long he's going to be out. Nobody knows right now. The last time he was out for quite a while, when he had no blood strain. So yeah, it, he, it's not it's not a good injury for a pitcher. It's just about it's like elbow, shoulder, oblique. You're fucked. Well, uh, was it was it Alzali that had the oblique and yeah. was out for the, the whole rest, rest, of, the rest year? of the year? Yeah. Yeah. So now, and, what do you do? I mean, now Alzali's in there. Um, Six man rotation no longer a thing. I think probably i hope not kyle comes back so you know i guess you win one you lose one but it's looking looking rough right now yeah the uh, the hamels injury bothered me the most but but darvish is making baby steps guys he's he's (laughs) right he's about to make the turn it's a disheartening fucking situation we're in right now i mean it's not a secret he's stupid (laughs) <laughs> so, um, can we get into this, though? Because this is more fun. Pedro Strope called Yasiel Puig stupid and after they got into a fight uh, on Saturday during the Cubs' 6-0 win. Now, my personal feeling is Pedro Strope hit his ass on purpose. 3-0 count. Obviously, Pedro Strope hates Yasiel Puig. I think he just plugged him one. Thoughts? Yes. Oh, I I totally agree. Uh 
Puig and by was, the way, neither, neither of you guys like that in baseball, so I can't believe either of you are cheering it on. I'm not cheering it on. I'm, I'm, what I'm cheering on is him calling him stupid afterwards. Right. <laughs> no, uh, so, like, this happened, you know, when, when Hamels threw up and in on uh, Arenado a couple weeks ago. I felt like that was up and in, and Arenado kind of put himself on, like, just acted stupid and got hit. Uh, the Puig hitting... There was nothing. That was just blatant, straight. I'm putting it on you. <laughs> like, and when Strope, I watched a few times Strope talking about it when he called him stupid. And, you know, he seems like a little kid being like, well, the reason I had to steal the candy is because, you know, I was in there and I thought I had the money, but I didn't have the money. But I was going to totally come back and with the money, like, it just seemed like excuse after excuse for, like, the bad thing you did. Yeah, he, he just yeah. got mad because Puig was standing up there. And he didn't really say anything, but he was kind of just like, I don't know, I, I guess he was mocking him by acting as if he wasn't even going to To swing on 3-0, yeah. yes. He's like, all right, fine, take your base, asshole. You are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about robot style. Yeah, and the, one, of, one of the Having best things fun. to come out of the whole thing is uh, Red's Twitter. You know, Reds fans going absolutely berserk over the angle of Pedro Strope's hat in one tag, in one tweet, and then in the next tweet, how uh, how sweet and how one of it's the best things in baseball that Puig licks his bat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's I think only a stupid man would do that. I mean, it's not a secret. He's stupid. Yeah, it, it is. It is really funny how fan bases can just love a person who is literally doing the same thing that the person they hate, you know, maybe it's different in certain ways, but it's just the eccentricities of some of these players. I don't know. They just get pissy. I if enjoy they're not on their team. Your fan base loves it. Every other fan base thinks you're an idiot. Now to be fair though, this if show I'm not mistaken, show this whole podcast fair. loves Yasiel Puig, right? Yeah. I wish yeah. he was a cub. Yeah, I, I wish the Cubs had gone after him as well. I mean, it it's tough when you're trading Tommy LaStella for nothing. Oh, wait, they didn't get anything. Um, you know. Uh, may, all, uh, all-star Tommy LaStella. Yeah, all-star. Maybe we'll get their pitching coach. <laughs> 20 home run? Doesn't LaStella have 20 home runs now? I don't think he's got 20. Oh, I, he's he's closing on it. I thought he had twenty, but yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I we fucking hate Latomo yeah, Lestella. Yeah, I don't care. Let's let's talk about Tommy Lestella. But and, you uh, understand the, that he would be better if he was on the. It would be better if he was on the Cubs, especially with the ridiculous situation we have right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- well, for some the reason, problem. they never thought he was an everyday guy, and apparently they were blatantly Dead, wrong. Blatantly wrong. I mean, so wrong. And people are uh, Cub fans are that are positive. Those people. They're trying to say, like, well, it never would have happened if he was on the, the Cubs because, you know, obviously he's not going to get the same playing time. I'm like, bullshit. Yeah but, yeah, but why wouldn't he get the same playing time based on what we see right now? He's obviously heads and shoulders better above everybody else that's been playing second base. Yeah, with the exception, I mean, you know, Russell has his moments. He's been okay recently with the bat. Uh, nobody, still nobody likes him, and, though, regardless. And the yeah, D- Descalso has 68 games under his belt this year. Uh, that Those 68 games, you would assume, would have been picked up by Tommy LaStella, right? Yeah. yeah well, because Descalso, they didn't need him. They could have just kept LaStella. 
for the yeah, same that, amount it, of money. That's my point. Yeah. Like, and I believe everybody can agree that they would have been better off. Oh this, this, no, that's what I'm saying. This regression will pay off. People, people are not agreeing with that. That's what it's my point. They're like, well, yeah. it never would have happened in Wrigley. I'm like what? There's some magic thing that happens in Angel Stadium. Isn't that a big ballpark? Yeah. Wait, but they they they're saying it wouldn't have happened. Why? Because they're I just, they were saying they wouldn't happen wouldn't because Madden him. wouldn't play him. Yeah, but that's probably why. And also, uh, B, because they're trying to make themselves feel good that this was that they're just like a bunch of Theo disciples going out there thinking Theo's the greatest in the world, but he's like doing the same thing to the Cubs they did to the fucking Red Sox. Yeah. He is. He's making bad fucking moves. He can build a team just fine. But unless he's, uh, you know, trading off – you know, guys like Samarja or like, you know, Feldman, I guess. You know, unless you're trading off talent to, to get young bats that aren't really there yet, he can put that together. What he can't do is maintain the level of success with dudes have, have already arrived and then add to it. He's been totally piss poor at that. Well, and it does seem weird that they never saw this out of Tommy Lastella, right? Like they, they never, the scouting, all this, all the statistics that, well, that they have that, that, never told them Lastella would be good. Right. And well, that's the thing Danny and I were talking last time is they've missed a lot of that. Like they're, they're in, in, in-house scouting is, is missing out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, as Pedro Strope would say, I mean, it's not a secret. He's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that uh, sound is going to get a lot of play on this show. Oh, oh Yes. It was beautiful. So, and then the other, this is also stupid. Uh, Wilson and Javi are in the All-Star game when we told people, leave them at home. At oh. least Javi says he might not do the home run derby because his, his ankle hurts or his uh, heel still. But now he's going to be out there. Well, yeah, wouldn't it be better if he just said my ankle hurts or his heel hurts and he he just takes the game off like he doesn't have to go or maybe goes but doesn't play like i don't know he's going to go he's a starter so is wilson they're all and he's going to start too so there's another couple of innings on wilson's knees if not more uh chris bryant i have a feeling his father bought his way into the all-star game this year cuz he's on it now too well you know kb Despite what we see every single day, he has numbers that make people think that he's really, 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 really good. Yeah, but I got other numbers to share with you. Yeah, no, I I, I know. I'm positive you do, but you know, the, the basic numbers make him look great. And when you're looking at the fan base that doesn't really pay too much attention, they're already wanting to vote for him, or people who just you know, they're like, ah, Chris Bryant. That sounds like a guy, like a guy whose name I know. He was an MVP. I don't know. I mean, he is, he's got the 937 OPS, right? You know, like you're going to see that and you're going to be like, wow, this guy's incredible. He's one of the top hitters in the league. But then you look at his OPS with runners in, in scoring position and it's a full 200 points lower, you know? And when I, there was an article came out from Brett Taylor today in uh, Bleacher Nation, and he talked about the last really pretty terrible 40-game stretch, which uh, I did look, and this is even larger sample size. The Cubs are 26 and 27 since Benzo left. Okay, they're under under 500. I mean, they're barely over 500 right now. But in the last 40-game stretch, which has even been worse than that, 
Um, the the uh, the WRC plus with runners in scoring position for Chris Bryant is one. Ooh, one hundred is average. His wow. is one. Okay, you have only three guys: Bias, Contreras, and Rizzo, who are actually above average in that situation. Um, but, with Baez being the best at 186, one's oh, oh, WRC plus. And, um, you know, Chris Bryan is batting, uh, but then they're all batting terribly. Oh, Bryan's come on, man. The, the fucking nerds, they don't know what they're talking about. Those numbers don't mean anything. Come uh, on, he's clerching. That, that, that is the mo- that's the clerchiest stat I've ever heard. One. His WRC plus is one. Addison Russell, by the way, is 31, which is really fucking bad, too. And and Almora, 41. Really fucking bad. Kyle Schwarber, 60. That's still pretty fucking bad, too. Yeah, but... Ugh. Daniel Descalso is better than that. The fact that you're below Addison Russell on these things is rough because he is... He's, he's sucking. Yeah. The Cubs are really bad with Addison Russell too. What's what are we up to now? Are we up to uh, seven and like twenty one or something like, like when, that? When, when he's, he's playing, when he's playing, yeah. And then, but I'm just talking about since uh, Benzo left. The right. bu- the buzz is back in town. The buzz is back. And and Zobris was not having an All Star season, or you know, gonna, you know, he wasn't breaking out for amazing things, but. Definitely, this team is missing what he was bringing to them. Like he was average, you know, like a generally okay. He was not player. A, he was not off to a good start. Lyle, no. I think we're getting the buzz again. It's terrible. I don't know if anybody else hears it, but it's. I don't know what it is. What I is do, it? But it just disappeared. Are you are you putting a vibrator in your ass? What during it? Well, Michael's talking. Yeah, well, it's because Michael's back. I'm very excited. <laughs> Yeah. It seems to go away when you start MRS, talking. That's the weird thing. Or maybe you're putting your pants somewhere. I don't know what's going on. But, you know, last year we called this team the best or the worst best team or the best worst team ever. This time I'm just looking at it as not good enough. Like, just it's bad. I mean, the Cubs are playing badly to the point where they're blowing games. Uh, not just they're the, the bullpen bad, they're stuff. They're the bad, good team. They look like they're in first place, so they're a good team, but they're they don't feel good. They're at playing all. badly, and and th- this team. But thank God, the rest of the division hasn't capitalized. I mean, this is where your hopes got to come in. Is that the Cubs have really floundered, and nobody's made a move. So, yeah, and and playing to that, so so they're tied for first with forty five wins. Uh, that would put them. The uh, nobody wins five games back in the East. It would put them uh, twelve games back in the West. That would put them in the NL East. They would be you know seven or eight games, no, ten games back. Like they're nowhere near the top of the best teams. They're they're right. At, they're basically second place in every division except for the NL Central. Yeah. And and you can't say it's because like all these teams are so good. I think they're all competitive, uh, but they're not good. Not like the Cubs are supposed to be. Like if you look at that Cubs lineup, these guys are supposed to be putting it together a lot better. And um and even if you look at the run differential, Pythagoras says that we're three games behind where we should be. So what the Pirates are doing it we're doing the opposite of what the Pirates are doing. So right. that's what's frustrating. We- the Cubs also have the lowest run differential of any team except for Atlanta. 
and they in you know and playoff it's, teams the playoff teams right oh well i meant uh, i guess i was meaning first place teams first yeah. place teams they've got well i guess unless you consider milwaukee yeah they're tied for first and they have a minus 4 run differential they yeah. how do you have a minus and, 4 run and, differential and, and by the way that particular stat tends to say a lot about your position you look at it over and over the teams with the best run differential are usually in first place it makes sense and that's why you look at a team like the Reds in this division. They're in last, but they have the second best run differential. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy topsy turvy. But I mean, I I really feel like when things even out, like if the Cubs do not get on any sort of roll, which they have not been able to do, except for like see end of April through May, they played really well. They had a losing June. Um, after sweeping the Cardinals, it was pretty much downhill. It's like that was their fucking World Series. Like it's all of a sudden like 2014 again. And we're like, hey, we beat the Cardinals. Hooray. You know, and I don't know. But I do think there's a lot to uh, the hole that Ben Zobrist left on this team, um, both from a leadership standpoint and from uh, the fact that he was replaced with a guy that made you take domestic violence classes all spring instead of, you know, just going to party in Arizona. It's all Addy's fault, and so uh, we were. Are, 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 are they going to make a move? Oh, God, so, please, something, anything, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's Hap, close, right? It's pe- got to happen in the next couple. People weeks. are people are calling for Hap. He's still striking out a shitload. Then people are calling for Robel Garcia. He strikes out even more than Hap well, does. It's unbelievable. And, and, I mean, a lot of fan bases like this, but the Cubs are feel like they're the most guilty of it. Nobody wants to trade anybody, even when they suck. Yeah. No, I, th- I think and, – And you can't trade the sucky guys, so you got to trade one of your decent guys that has some fucking value to improve your team. Well, Not, and then what, even what when they, you what do, do – they, they need another outfield bat. Yeah. Another right. arm. Second baseman. I mean – Second wit- baseman. Yeah, if you're looking, you can solve both problems, but if you just get, like, the younger, better Ben Zobris from the Royals, uh, Whit Merrifield, go get right. his ass. You know what I mean? But that's going to cost you. Yeah, but Lyle, like you were saying, you know, Cubs fans don't want to give up anybody. And even when they do give up somebody and they get something fairly good or they're making a good trade at the time, if that trade doesn't work out, the revisionist history that I've been witnessing on Twitter all season is just driving me insane. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, well, they have the to U- give it's up the, it's Eloy. The U- it's, well, it's the U Darvish thing, too, just the signing, like. There was nobody in. I mean, there were very few people who were not for that signing. No, I, I, yeah, I don't. It. I don't think anybody was against it. They but may it, not have exactly liked it, but it's been a disaster. It has. Yeah, it truly has. Um, situation right now. I got. I got them. I got them all lined up here. All my disheartenings, and then of course. Yeah. I mean, it's not a secret. He's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, where do we, oh, I know guys, I got a, I had two people. I don't know if you saw, uh, but Bill Shugas and, uh, you know, friend of the show, Artie, who's been on talking about the Rockies very recently, they sent in cause you know, we mentioned that we wanted to do a Benny, Benny come back. Oh yes. I, I saw Bill's. Yeah. Bill. Well, Artie actually sent me an email of him singing it too. <laughs> so I, I got to play these for you guys. And I think I got to do something with this. 
Uh, we're gonna have to do a Betty comeback video. It's it's now like past the planning stages and going to like people are so excited they're just sending me tracks. So check out Bills. Betty comeback. Any kind of fan could see there was baseball in everything about you. Benny come back. You can blame it on Julie. She was wrong, and we just can't win without you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the filter on that thing? Well, I just t- I tuned it up. Benny know? come back. Okay, like, Any fan fuck? can see. Here's Artie. There was baseball and yeah, everything about you. Benny come, come back. back. You can blame it on Julie. She was wrong. We can't win without you. So, isn't it great? Oh, it is so good. I love blame it on Julie. It's so good. Even though her name's Juliana, I don't know if we can really accept that. Uh, who cares? Yeah, I don't. Um, but yeah, thanks for sending those in. I will put something together. And I think I think it should be everybody singing at their desk along to it, you know, or just like doing videos, like walking down the street. Benny, come back, and I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a a track to sing to, so it all I, li- lines up. You know up. what? Yes, because I'm actually I'm not working this week. Uh, my kids are, you know, doing nothing. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. make them. I'm gonna make them sing while like. Yeah, make hanging them their heads at their baseball games. Dance, yeah, do do whatever you want, like activity wise. Just makes for a better video. Well, I got to write the song, so uh, why don't we get into a little? So I picked up this rake at Home Depot. Breaks. Ah, so um, I missed the actual midpoint of the season. That was the last show, correct? Yes. Sure, sure. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> since I'm back close to it, let's hit these uh, with mid-season leaders. So so this is no longer the normal, like, rakes and flakes over the last week. Uh, we're doing the whole season year to date. Uh, and then I generally look at OPS, since it, it encompasses average, OBP, and um, slugging. And the leader of that category this season so far is Wilson Contreras. Wow. 936 out of your catcher position is there anything better than that maybe a pitcher who is somehow playing every day no yeah babe like, ruth because no, they play what's every five yeah. days no way yeah uh but yeah you know Wilson actually is, it would be better if it was coming from second base on this team oh god yeah yes. it would at this at this point it would uh, no, but he's killing it offensively this year, and hopefully with Caratini making quality backup starts, he'll be able to keep his legs under him all year long. Um, you know, and then right behind him, literally one point behind him, is KB, the most lackluster Blurch. superstar in the league. Uh, but rounding out the top three is Rizzo, sitting at nine oh one. Yeah, he's been rough lately, though. Regression is a really powerful thing. In this case, it works in our favor. He, he has been rough, but of all the players that have, like, rough stretches, he's the one guy that seems to be somewhat productive while sucking. So, it, uh, it, it, he never – it doesn't concern me quite as much. He seems to work out of it. Um, the home run leader is Javi Baez with 20 home runs, and there are uh, six players in double-digit homers this year, including – Jason Hayward with 14. Who you That's got- already the most he's ever hit for the Cubs and on tra- track for the most homers in his career. And he's been hot as fuck lately. He's been the yes. Cubs' best hitter in the last at least 
maybe even month. Yeah, and and his OPS, by the way, is uh, over eight hundred. It's eight thirty four. You know, so you're getting into the eight hundreds with your, you know, OPS. Those are really good seasons. Nine hundreds are great seasons. So these guys are having good seasons at the plate so far. How come when Hayward's good, the Cubs suck? They, they suck in it, first because, place. It's because, weird. Because when he's bad, they're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I haven't worried about flakes since my grunge days. Remember them? The only quote-unquote big-name free agent the Cubs decided to sign in the offseason was Daniel Descalso. Boo! And halfway through joke. the season... He is at the bottom of the OPS list. His OPS plus is sitting at 44, which, if you're doing the math, 66 points below an average player. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that one. (laughs) So right now, his OBP is higher than his slugging. And, yeah, there are other guys on this team that have OBPs higher than their slugging but they pitch every five days. <laughs> well, he's got a worse OPS. I was listening to Cubs Insider, uh, you know, the show with uh, Corey and Brendan, and they, they said Lester's got a better OPS than him. Yes. Oh, God. Well, and, and by the way, uh, Lester is actually no longer a liability really at the plate. You know, like if he was actually playing every day and getting – you know, and that's what he was working on. He'd be a pretty good hitter. He's hitting 190, 228 right now. You know why there, Mikey? He's a fucking ball player. He's fucking old school. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good player. Uh, and it's just fun to see, you know, and I know this drives, you know, Lyle a little bit nuts. But, you know, the guy, he just wasn't allowed to do it. When he was with the Red Sox, they told him, no, don't even well, fucking right, take the bat off. rather your... save him to do the thing that he's really good at and not watch him do the things that they're not always that good at. And yeah, by but the he, way, you're saying he's, he's clearly great. good at both. You're, you're saying he's really good because he's better than David Descalso, so you should just shut up right now. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else listening to this knows that David Descalso D- Daniel Descalso is so bad that you call him David. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, Dan, yes, did I just call him David? I was just, <laughs> Who cares? I, I did the same thing the last show I was on, Lyle. Uh, Why don't Daniel we... Daniel That's really funny. Let's call him DFA. He's D- so bad, I, I'm trying to forget him. How about DFA Descalso? Oh, yeah. my God. Hey, where's, Brent, yes. where's Brent Lillibridge when you need him? <laughs> I'd love him right now. So, uh, you ready for... Oh, I already did that one. Since my it's nice to hear it again, though. <laughs> yeah. You fuck you, Daniel Descalso. <laughs> Uh, this is a sad one. Cole Hamels is the thrower in the first half. And now he's hurt. And who was knows? that? Si- okay. Was that signing worth it? Cause I was so against it. Uh, if you know, all that um, money? I, I have to say yes, because he's been so good in the first half, but it'll be get. for nothing if he can't pitch anymore. Right. Yeah, it really depends at this point what happens with this MRI and what the prognosis is. But, I mean, I don't have a hell of a lot of hope just because he's old, you know. The, I Yeah, and I watched his 
uh, comments after that game. And he said that, you know, he doesn't think it's as bad as the last one he had, but the last one he had, he felt like he came back too early. And that was, he came back after two months. And that was a right. couple, and that was a couple of years ago too. Yeah. Now he's older and it's going to get harder and he's going to be in pain forever. And Danny, are you be- trying to say when you get older, pain just lingers? It does. I'm in, I'm fucking hurting right now. I got to move around. Otherwise my foot falls asleep. Yep. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, <laughs> got pins and needles in my legs because because this is this th- throws blows is taking forever. Yeah, <laughs> his ERA is two ninety eight. He has the most starts on the team, the most innings pitched, the second most strikeouts. He has a two point seven to one strikeout to walk ratio and a one point two WHIP. So he's been good. That's and now, and now we fu- don't have him. Yeah, now we're well, fucked. But guess what? We have you, Darvish, for five more years. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. yeah. And go ahead and hit the blows. Just, I slowed it down a little bit. Oh, this one goes to you. You're, hey, just don't, you. say too, don't say it too loud. No, let him just, fucking hear it. All right, let him hear it. Let him hear he it. He has the highest ERA of the starters. He's given up the most home runs of anyone on the staff. And... Although he has the most strikeouts on the staff, he has the worst strikeout-to-walk ratio of the starters. Yeah, but Michael, he, we all know he's a good pitcher, and he throws the strikeouts, and that's been changing. He's been walking less guys every game. He's getting just a little bit better. Yeah, baby steps, baby Michael. steps Michael. Be By patient. By the time this five-year contract is over, he might be a be number good. three. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll end up like... The Cubs are going to go downhill. It's going to be whatever twenty. When, when's his contract 20, up? Twenty three, I think. Yeah, twenty three. It's going to be twenty three. There will be nobody left on this team. They they will Just win. Just him. It's, he, everyone will win seventy and you Darvish will win the fucking Cy Young. Yeah, yeah, and we'll be in fifth place. Yeah. <sighs> so Fuck. well, let's. Well, let's, I didn't talk about the bull penis at all. It's time for. The state of the bull penis with, I don't know who wants to do it. We can just uh, listen. Yeah, I already got this. The state oh. of the bull penis is Randy right now with Pedro Ooh. Stroke's badass attitude and the signing of Craig Kimbrell. I mean, he's not a secret. He's too these guys. Oh, Randy, like, like balls flying all over, right? Yes. You never know when you're going to have a ball on your leg. It's good. Oh, it's so good. I, it's so good. You know, it's what? the, it, it's the only thing that gives me hope right now. Yeah, I do think that, you know, the bullpen right now with this Kimbrel, we've already talked about this. Everybody's talking about this. But, you know, you put Strope in the eighth. You know, that one win we did have, even though Strope got into a fight. The second Cubs fight in a week, by the way. So you got to wonder what's going on there. But, you know, you slide everybody back. You get to use, uh, you know, your C-Shacks in the sixth and seventh. And even Kyle Ryan's been better lately. You know, even Brad Brock's been kind of better lately. And I'm excited that Maples is up. Although he does finally have an ERA after giving up runs yesterday. You know what blew me away when I was looking up like rakes, flakes, throws, blows, all that? Kyle Ryan has the most appearances appearances on this team. Like what the – like above C-Shack, which is crazy because I feel like I see C-Shack every single day. Well, I mean, and it's kind of a one-to-one scenario here. He's been in 38 games and the Cubs, uh, they, they suck. So, <laughs> right. so Kyle Ryan needs to be better. But overall, he's 
you know, he's worked his way down to a 356 ERA, and I think we have a lot of bias against Kyle Ryan. But lately, he's been it's been quiet against him, you know, and it's been better. So I have I have some hope for this bullpen. Uh, they're going to have to pitch a lot more, you know, if they don't have somebody like Cole Hamels taking seven or eight innings every well, start. So the, and the the offense has got to put runs on the board, so the bullpen has a chance to do what they can do. Yeah. yeah. Well, now you know that. Joe is just hoping Kyle can come back as pre-injury Kyle and he'll be the guy taking up those seven innings. Yeah, I mean, that's what you hope, but it would have been nice to have both of them for a stretch and really get on a roll. But, um, you know, that's not what ha- what's happening. What's happening well, is en- en- losing to the fucking stuff. Let's talk about this Reds series. Yeah, let, I, was, oh. I said what's happening is that we're losing two or three to the Reds again, and now we're three and six uh, against the Reds. But, by the way, I called it, buddy. Yeah, no, I, I I think the Reds are our kryptonite, just like you said. And, you know, you lose these games 6-3 to three, uh, the in the game one. You lose you lose Hamels, and Monty comes in is terrible. I mean, he just wasn't ready to pitch, right? Right. That's always a super hard position to come into during a game. Like, nobody's expecting him. He went out there in the first. Well, well here's the okay. deal, though. If you're going to bring that long guy in, and you're bring, it's tough to bring him in the middle of an inning. I think you got to bring in just a, a guy who comes in and can just pitch out of, uh, out of the stretch, like a, a, just a regular relief guy, and get that guy warmed up and then bring him in, right? That makes sense. Right. Like, and it, it wasn't technically the middle of an inning, but... Right, it, right. Oh, I guess but, you're right. Yeah, Right, because he warm, threw two I, yeah, warm-up pitches. Right. But he, but it's. I can see your point, Lyle. Just like get a guy who's used to getting ready fast up. Not that Monty is not used to getting out of the bullpen, but put throw Kinsler out there. You yeah, know, why you, not? Zeshek, any of these guys that can come in for one inning because at that point the game's fucking shot. It's not. They knew that Montgomery was not going to go eight innings, right? And but finish get, this game out. Give Monty the time. Like give him a whole inning to get it to, to the fuck together. You know yeah. what I mean? And that then was my send, point. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could see that being something. Instead, of you go straight to the long man in a situation where you're expecting him to be the long man, but he's, he's warming up like he's coming out of the bullpen. And if maybe you give him an inning or two, to get, even two, depending on how fast the inning goes, you, know, you might be better off, and then you could use Monty, let's say, innings three through seven or four through eight. Don't, don't you remember those old-school bullpen games they used to throw that we loved? Yeah. No, I, yeah, I yeah, totally agree. Awesome. The, the, Dwayne was, uh, Un- the Dwayne Underwood starts, I loved them. Yeah, yeah. They were um, great. Amazingly, what you're telling me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Madden made the wrong decision in the moment. Is that what you're saying? There, there, there was yeah. a better decision he could have made? Shockingly. <laughs> oh, we haven't heard yeah, one of those in a yeah. while. I'm, 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 I'm putting together a new... Uh, I'm still getting the sounds together. So sorry if some stuff is too loud and the other stuff is soft but i'm doing my best here it's brand new brand new so yeah so they lose the game that was pretty much why uh hayward hit a home run hooray hooray uh vado decided to get hot this year against the cubs yeah (laughs) he had four hits in this game then the next game the cubs shut out the reds this is the fight game uh six to nothing but uh I mean, it's not a secret. He's stupid. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it so much. Um, it is, it is, it is maybe the best drop that we have. It really is. We'll get sick of it eventually, um, <laughs> or Pedro Schobel calls somebody else stupid. Um, so Hayward hits another home run, 
Uh, but the big blow was the Javi Grand Slam that blew the game open because the game was close. Um, yeah. I was on stage while this game was happening on, oh, my fucking God. Well, you see my band a bunch. You see me yeah. play music. Have you ever seen me perform shirtless? <laughs> oh, um, no. No, and I saw the pictures and I oh, felt Hold sorry on. For this was a church outing. It was too fucking hot. They put the stage right in the sun. <laughs> it was so hot, and I'm up there, and I already soaked through my shirt. So I'm like, I'm too hot to play. I almost passed out and died like five, <laughs> six times. And I got through the set. I was dumping bottles. They gave us bottles of water to drink. I dumped them all over my head just to get through it. It was so hot, I performed the entire show shirtless. Thank God you had the guitar to cover the worst of it. I didn't. Sometimes I was shaking a tambourine. What do you think that looked like? (laughs) I had a fucking. Oh, that's not all you were shaking. I had a cowbell up there. Listen, I mean, uh, this this is where I start to feel for the women who are all about the free the nipple campaign because I mean, if you see the tits on Danny, I mean, I don't understand why a woman has. It's to exactly what it Nicole said. She's you yeah. know, we're talking about people going shirtless in the bleachers. Yeah, you know, and how women can't do it, and I'm like, yeah, because rally titties got kicked out, and it was cold, and my tits are bigger than rally titties. Yeah. Right? Oh well. So good uh, game, um, and, and the, the whole story of that game was the grand slam and stroke. Well, and 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 stroke, but I also would think Q finally pitching well is a pretty yeah, good story. You know, fair enough. he pitching, he had a good yeah, game. no walks. Well, and it's not Q finally pitching well. It's Q's third start, right? Like every three starts, he seems to get one of them is is a real nice go of it, and then everybody's that- like, "Oh, he's back, we're ready," and then he fucking gives up five the next time out. Let's talk about your revisionist history, Michael. Good trade, Quintana. And this is what I've been talking. What I was actually referring to earlier. Was. And at the time, yes, it was yeah. a good trade. It was I the right so trade to make. Yeah, you have to make that trade just because we needed the pitching. It, yeah, it just it, it it is so annoying. He was a really good arm that they got, but right. they did they did give up. A lot. They're, they gave up best, way too much. And Dylan and yeah. Dylan Cease is about to uh, debut for the White Sox. So get ready for that and all the the White Sox fans chirping if he does well because we'll so deserve it. This this seems to be sort of a product of Theo, you know, dumping like Clevenger and Feldman and getting Strope and uh, Arietta. And then you know what are the other? They're I'm trying to think of any other good trades that he well, did. Well, Rizzo, he got Rizzo. Yeah, he. I mean, he he fleeced a number of teams for a few years. The Cubs got good, and then everybody said, "You know what? Fuck you. We're we want everything you have," and they just refused, you know, kind of to work with him unless he gave up a bunch. Well, but you have to give up. Yeah, Lyle, you've been banging the drum forever. You got to give. You got to give something to get, get other something. things. Yep. It's just yep. a matter of what you're giving up to what you get. And it Well, we you got a glut of average power hitters, right? Yeah. Yeah, low low average. Average, yeah. High power. I mean average average hitting power hitters, good power. I mean, you got a lot of that on the team. And I know that I mean, you look at the Yankees lineup and you're like, "Well, look at what they're doing. Every 1 through 9, they're going to hit 20 home runs each." Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, especially this year. Oh, they're crushing them. The Which, whole- by the way, did you guys listen to the Cup of Cubby Blue with the astrophysicist on yeah, there? Yeah, it was great. I haven't listened yet, but I have it on. I have it queued up. It is so good. That that whole, I was like 
I was so into that whole segment of that podcast. I was yeah, it was great. And the rest of it kind of sucked. The part that I was on, yeah, you're like this sounds <laughs> right, like that right, stupid right. Sunranto show. Um, so and, Sarah's good, but that other guy, yeah, that other guy, why he fucking ruined her show. Um, but no, if you haven't checked it out, uh, Cup of Cubby Blue, it's the Bleed Cubby Blue podcast. Sarah Sanchez, she talked to Meredith, I'm going to forget her name. Meredith last, Wills. Wills, I was going to say Wilson. Meredith Wills, who is an astrophysicist um, who studied all the baseballs. And what's hilarious is that she has been coming out with the right answer of what is actually going on for a while now. And everybody's like, I don't understand what's going on. She's like... This is what's going on. Check it out. I did the study. I cut these things up. I measured everything. Here's what's going on. They're like, but I don't understand what's going on. You're like, it's like they won't listen to her because she's a woman. Right. A woman scientist? Go write your fantasy story somewhere else. And she's like, well, the stitches are lower, causing less drag. And they're like, yeah, but why is the ball traveling farther? (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, well, I... And it was even the other day, because didn't she kind of dispel the idea that the core is off? Well, yes. no, her, she didn't necessarily dispel that. All she said was, there's 10 other things that are doing more, but because Manfred put that at the top of his list, that's all. Because this is like the media, right? They're not going to listen to all 10. They're going to be like, oh, it was It was this, yeah, yeah. It's multifaceted why the ball is traveling farther, but the ball is different, and it's pissing everybody off, especially the pitchers. Well, and, and that's what's super frustrating, too, is that everybody knows now the ball is different, and she made a good point. Like, you need to take the ball back to less round, a less good, you know, quote-unquote good ball to get it back to where it was. But the MLB owns the Rawlings, owns Rawlings, yeah. Yeah. right? That makes, they can fucking just order that. Yeah. They can say, okay, let's make it, let's figure this out in the, at least in the off season, maybe not right now, but let's figure it out in the off season, how we get a ball that kind of does what we want. And is more like the old ball rather than this fucking monstrosity of a video game ball. Well, Michael, maybe that's what they want right now. Yeah, it's exciting. I think it is what they want. I mean, if you look at that Javi home run, that uh, it was an oppo granny down the line, and he didn't hit that. It, he he hit that ball off the end of the fucking bat. I mean, it, 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 I, I, and I know I, that the right field is a short fence, and it's and it's Great American, all those things too. But holy shit, that was not a home run swing at all. And he, if you don't think that's what MLB watches, you didn't pay attention to anything that happened in London this weekend. Oh God, I mean, that, that first game they were playing on what amounts to like a women's softball field, and. I mean, it was six to six after the first, and it was just every pop fly was leaving the stadium. It was insane. <laughs> Those games were terrible. I I watched a little bit of a couple of them. Uh, Lyle, did you watch all of them, or did <sighs> I, I? I listened to them on the radio. Yeah. I watched the highlights after. But... Oh, they were terrible. The in yeah. and they were in my team really like, struggling. It looked like the old school, you know, round stadiums and like yeah the for you got first row near first base and you're like a football field away from the first baseman and also if if it's a red sox home game which it was and they're getting paid whatever the ticket price is wouldn't you at least like even to add fun to it 
I mean, they spent, I think, $2 million sending, like, 50,000 pounds of infield dirt out there. Couldn't they send some kind of replica of Fenway, at least the walls and, and, and the foul lines? Like, couldn't they have done something like that? Right. Put, put, a, put up a green monster? Yeah, done something. Just made it more fun like that. I don't know. Yeah. They, they would Who call it the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> yes. That field was ugly. I know. It had really shitty sight lines. The fucking sun coming through was like, it was ridiculous. Trying to hit, which makes it even more amazing that they were hitting home runs because you know the ball was just flashing like a strobe light every time it got thrown to Well, you know we, who right. we have to get on the show is Bob Hall because he went to some of these games. I would love to hear him describe. Now, he was probably just excited that they were playing baseball and he could go. Because he's right. English and lives in London, you know, or in England somewhere. Uh, but, you know, those games were ridiculous. What was the final of the first one? 19 to 16? 17-13. Oh, God. And it was like 17-5. to 5. I was like, holy shit. In like the fifth, the Red- I was like, the Red Sox are going to come back. This Do you see insane. the Indians got beat by the Orioles 13 nothing twice in a row? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the Orioles. To the Orioles. And then the they, Orioles, and then Orioles they- are like... We've never scored, or we haven't scored twenty six runs in back to back games. Yeah, and then and then the Indians <laughs> shut them out yesterday. Two zip. <laughs> so go go figure. So yeah, with, with these it, balls, though, a lot of times I see these like, how many times have you seen a flare into center field and you're like, oh, that's a base hit, but it carries all the way out and it's an out. Yeah, only at Wrigley Field when the wind's like going 30, you know? I mean, there's, yeah. it's definitely stupid right now, and it's and it's not my favorite brand of baseball. We'll see what they do about it. I mean, you know, lots of runs scored. Uh, unfortunately, with the way the Cubs are built, you know, it's just like they're getting that home run. They're just not getting it with men on base. Uh, you know, if something, something's locking up with this team, runners in scoring position, especially our big basher, uh, Chris Bryant, or supposedly our big basher. But Javi's yeah. the best player on this team, no doubt. Um, so the last game, just touch on it real quick. It really pissed me off. Um, you know, Jason Hayward, another home run. Uh, it's a it's a three run homer, but the game's already out of hand at that point. Just puts the Cubs within two, and at the end, um, yep, nothing kills a rally like a three run yeah, homer. And um, you know, Lester got super squeezed in the first inning. That umpire was terrible, not getting the low strike, and then and then giving it like it's one thing if you're not going to call it, but then you it was. Every other time, it was strike ball, strike ball. I mean, they're all borderline. I get it, but like total inconsistency. No, and I think that's what a lot of these pitchers say. They're like, they don't. I don't care if you're gonna not call it. Just be consistent about it, so I can pitch my game. Yeah. They, it, and Lester went up and talked to him after that inning, but and it was a, it was a fucked up game, you know. So then, because Lester got squeezed, guess who? A. Eugenio Suarez hits the three run homer, which he always does. And then um, a fan interfered with um, Rizzo's foul ball after singles from Schwarber and Bryant. It was like a Bartman situation, and Rizzo was called out in the middle of a rally. I don't know what would have happened, but that was frustrating. It was just like anything that you could get going until the very end just was not happening. Um, yeah. Uh, the Reds wore throwback jerseys, and the Cubs didn't. And I was like, what Strange. the fuck that's all about? Yeah, I I like the jerseys that the Reds wore, but those red pants, 
it made them all look like uh, weeble wobbles. Like very, <laughs> the red pants made them look like they had giant bottoms. Bottom heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was funny that uh, uh, I think it was Jim Deshays was saying that it would make sense because the Reds now pl- face the Brewers. And they had Rysel Iglesias, their closer out there, for multiple innings at the end of the game to shut it down. And uh, Jim Deshez says, you know, now that we're behind by so much, it would make sense to make quick outs against Iglesias. Like, this is some deep strategy. Make quick outs. Get out in three pitches. Just, like, hit, hit the ball on the ground. Just get out. So Iglesias is available against the Brewers today. I guess so. Yeah. Would have well, made would have made sense, but nobody would ever do it. You know, just roll over. But thought it was an interesting point. J- Jim Deshays is well, a ranter. When you, when you start the game with Descalzo on the field, Javi on the bench, uh, Russell starting shortstop. I don't know how much Madden was trying to win that game. Anyway, I I tell you, Madden wasn't even trying to win the game. I was in the clubhouse with him right afterwards. The man was drunk off of his ass. Because uh, I don't know if I should be telling you this, but Ian Happ actually sent a case of rosé to try to get back on the team. And, uh, well, Madden, he's just been drunk since, you know what I mean? Well, that ex- that's <laughs> he's, been, he's been drunk since Game 6 NLCS 2016. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense that he'd just be drunk. So uh, you want to do your poem and get out of here? I know everybody's uh, got a busy day. I got outside the Ivy tonight. You know, Lyle's got places to be. Uh, Michael, what do you got going on? Nothing. Well, uh, Michael, if you're free later, I'd love to come by. Maybe uh, we can go over state lines and buy some uh, fireworks. Uh, no, I've got, I got baseball games or, tonight. Or, I got, or, or you could buy some of those magic mushrooms. Oh, yeah. I, you can get mushrooms in Denver now I, and, uh, some them. weed. And then you go up and buy the, the fireworks and, uh, well, you know, you'll, you'll rot in jail in Wyoming for the rest of your life. Awesome. I love Wyoming. <laughs> you're the only one. All right. All right. Well, read your gonna, poem. You're going to love this poem. A baseball is made out of cowhide, and baseball is usually played outside. They'll take Friday off, but there'll still be no troughs when they're home on the road on the south side. Get it? Uh, yeah, White Sox. First time yeah. I got one. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. All right. You guys made me happy. I'm really excited. Okay, to- but... Baseballs are actually made out of horse hide. Well, that's great, Michael. I'll see you soon. <laughs> I'll be at your house real soon. I'll oh, be there great. like three minutes. As soon as you're done recording, I'll be there. So uh, get that hot tub hot for me. Let's go. Hey, guys, I know this wasn't in the thing, but can we just keep recording? If he's going to be here as soon as the recording's over, can we just not stop? I, I guess I could just leave it on. <laughs> you know, I mean, he might come to your house anyway. He does like being on our recordings. So a couple of announcements. Uh, John Baker Day is a month away, just about a uh, little bit more. Uh, John Baker Day hats are only available for 10 more days if you want one because uh, they're all being sold. Uh, I'm, we're going to release a podcast about it really soon, but uh, it's all up at uh, uh, sunranto.com slash John Baker Day. And uh, tickets will be on sale this week. 
And so will T-shirts as well. And it's all separate transactions, unfortunately, because they won't let me put it together. But uh, it trust me, these are the best hats and shirts you will ever buy. So go to sunranto.com slash John Baker Day and buy one now. You don't have long to get one. Um, TFCs, anybody? Uh, it's kind of one. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a few days old, but Jesse Rogers put something up on Twitter and it kind of made me think. He said the Cubs have now made 36 outs on the base paths that are not pickoffs or caught stealing. That's the most in baseball. Also, they led in the same category last year with 70 outs. Don't we feel like this has always been a good base running team, but maybe they're just really not. Are they too aggressive? It doesn't feel like they're aggressive enough sometimes. I don't know. That's a weird thing, right? I think is it is it because it they go first to third so often and they just get caught more? Yeah, I like I like the aggression and I think Joe Madden preaches that. Like, if you don't want him to do that anymore, it's gonna have to be the head of Joe Madden because that's what that's his deal. You know, he says right. it all the time. But I I do feel like how many though even though they get thrown out more than everybody else how many singles are being stretched into doubles doubles into triples with one out like uh, agree and that's why i wanted to throw that caveat in like i feel like they go first to third more than any other team it, right it feels that way right and and they're not they're, scoring enough and you know maybe i mean everybody catches up to everything right so you know three or four years into this people are understanding there's they're going first to third you know, it's not a surprise. Oh, we weren't expecting him to go to third on that. They know and they're planning for it. So that makes it a little harder to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, because they're always expecting it. They're like, hey, this team's going to keep running. They're aggressive. So, they, yeah, the word is out. So here's my TFC. Uh, I got two, actually. I, I like this one short. Kevin Johnson just said on Twitter, too many mediocre pitchers pin our ears back way too often. Hashtag Cubs, hashtag everybody in. <laughs> it just cracked me up because the guy like totally like bashes the team and how they suck against mediocre pitching. And then it's just like hashtag Cubs, hashtag everybody in. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've, I've got one here. So Dana Loesch, do you know who this yeah. ridiculous person is? She's the mouthpiece of the NRA. Yeah. Well, not anymore. Yeah. So she... Surprise, surprise, is a Cardinals fan. Oh, no way. And she tweeted, my hometown has the best fans. And best I think it was after the I think it was after the Pujols fucking game or whatever. I mean, it's not a secret he's stupid. Yeah. It was pro- it was probably after some riot where they beat like a, a a black person is when she got excited about it. Right, exactly. But I love Tard. The response from Divs is, yeah, but would you trade Yachty for no more restrictions on gun rights? <laughs> oh, my God. So good. Yeah. I loved it because, you know, she immediately fucking blocked that dude and was like, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would not. <laughs> so and I, also, I also saw stop being fucking haters. Joe Madden. With the Cubs, second half winning percentage six forty seven. So Cubs going fifty two and twenty six second half. Okay, I was like, okay, all right, sure. Um, if they if they do that, I'll be very happy. So this one comes from, uh, uh, well, it's really kind of from Tom Bredeman. I don't know if you saw his comments on uh, Addison Russell when he was talking about Addison Russell. No, I. Yeah, I it's a good thing. It would it would have ruined your day because um, Tom. 
Tom Brenneman said that Addison Russell had to suffer through a suspension for domestic ab- abuse. Oh, my God. And, um, what a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's just and you he went on to say like how this guy's gotten a bum rap of it and he's trying to work his way back and blah blah blah. Just he said more nice things about Addison Russell than any Cub fan or Cubs Cubs announcer has said in in over a year. Well, and more nice things about Addison Russell than he has said about any single Cubs player yeah. in the history of Tom Brenneman's life. Well, he finally likes one. <laughs> it's Addison you know what? fucking Russell. Let's trade Russell to the fucking Reds. Oh, yeah. I'm good with that. We'll take Jose Iglesias. We'll take one of their guys. We'll take one of their Jose Peraza. We'll take one of their middle infielders. But uh, Tom, Tom Brenneman. I mean, it's not a secret. He's stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so and then on that note, I bid you all a fine. Spagog! Spagog! I mean, it's not a secret. He's stupid. Pedro, it's me, your dead relative who died way back in 2003, and I love it when you pitch, now I'm just sitting here in heaven with my cubs hat on sideways, Pedro, please remember Back in San Cristobal watching baseball on our old TV Sometimes we'd watch the Cubbies Showed you how to throw a curveball back before I was deceased But there's no distance between us Just point to the sky Pedro, I've already died But when you throw that wicked side All your dead relatives from the heavens come down And when you pitch, we're there with you on the mound Hats to the I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. 
The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <laughs> 